0: Hello and welcome to Traeger Method Podcast. This is episode 65. With episode 65 here now, we kick off season three of the podcast. I began this project two years ago, right before or after Thanksgiving, right where I am today. I started here in Olympia, Washington at my mom's house. That's where episode one was produced. Fast forward two years, beginning our third year with episode 65, right back here where it began. My guest today is my dear friend, Tae Wan Yu. Listeners will remember, Tay has made an appearance before. This is his return to the podcast. So happy to start season three with such a beloved friend. I've been wanting to have Tay on the show. I'd love to have him be a regular. Been wanting to have him back since I had him on. And what better time to have him on than right now, where we're celebrating the release, the publication of his new book. This book is the third installment of the Antiquarian Sticker Book series. This one, the most recent, is called Imaginarium. Antiquarian Sticker Book, Imaginarium. Published by Dot a division of McMillan. Tay is the creative director, we find out, of Odd Dot. He put together this incredible book. If you've seen the first two, you know what, you, you know, you have an idea of what this, there was a big hit. The first one was a, made a major splash. Tay was on like the morning shows and stuff like that. This third one, I'm sure will be equally successful. It is incredible, absolutely beautiful. Like we say in the interview, by two, one to take apart, stick everywhere and the other to keep on your bedside table. I mean, who would not like this? Who would not be entranced by it? I would not want to meet the person who was not interested or impressed with this piece of work. It's gorgeous. We talk all about it. We talk about Tay's creative process, the creative process in general. Love talking to Tay. I know listeners love hearing his voice. Tay, of course, New York-based, artist, musician, kicking giant, all kinds of stuff. We go way back to Olympia. We talk about Olympia. It's a really fun conversation. I know you'll enjoy it. And buy that book, really. Two copies for yourself, two copies for a friend. And go stick in those stickers somewhere. Make the world more beautiful. Thank you. This conversation is actually almost two months old. I have to be uh, clear about that. I, I I made this recording with Tay on September 15th, just before his book, the antiquarian sticker book, Imaginarium, was published. The idea being, of course, that I will have a podcast to promote the brand new book right as it's released. But instead, I'm releasing it two months later, on November 11th. November 11, 1111. 11. 11, 11, new beginnings. Look it up. I have an interesting story about 1111 11 that I'll share maybe next episode. Traeger Method Numerology. But, anyways, you may be thinking, well, what's with the delay? Oh, and maybe it just occurred to you that, uh, oh, I haven't seen Jason on social media, he hasn't been on Instagram at all for months. Well, at least two. I'm not not sure when my last post was. I guess it was when I put out the last episode with Lord Shanty. Thank you for being my last guest on season two. I did not know while I was making that episode that it was the last episode of season two, but that's how it turned out. Thank you, Lord Shanty. I hope you're well. I haven't seen you on Instagram because I haven't been on it. I haven't been looking at it listeners, uh, I, I, I didn't listen back to the last few episodes, but uh, I, I, I know I mentioned at some point that I was uh, taking on a role as a sort of home healthcare worker for my ailing stepfather who had lymphoma. I say had, that's because he died exactly one month ago today. And that is the, this, that, that project of, of home healthcare and then his death and the aftermath um, that has been what I've been focusing on. I've I've been very in the moment, not in the reflective, analytical mode or the sharing mode. Just taking every moment as it comes. Total. Uh, what did I? What was my phrase? My my mantra through the whole experience and ongoing for life is total acceptance of reality exactly as it is. Keen observation coupled with conscious engagement in what is directly in front of me. That's the mode in our conversation. Tay and I talk about the creative flow. you get getting to that place where Tay talks about micro decisions that you make when you're doing the creative flow. When you're in the creative flow, you're making all these little tiny decisions that are happening in a totally uncontrived, honest, um, way. You know, you're not, you're not making any decision. You know, you know, when you're painting, for instance, if you like, if you like to paint, for instance, you're painting and you're, it goes for any creative process. But when you're painting, you're just making these tiny little decisions, the pressure with which you push the brush, the color, the mix, the, 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 the gesture of the hand, you know, the little flick of the wrist, whatever it is, these are happening so quickly and so effortlessly, you're not even there. You know, when you're in the flow state, You know, you often go, did I do that? You know, upon reflection. Because you weren't really there in the sense that your analytical mind was just on the shelf. And you're just going. And you're having these little thoughts and things float through your mind and through your hand and stuff. But you don't know. You're not, you know, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. Hopefully most of you have experienced that in some way. Maybe not in creative pursuits, maybe in athletics or whatever, but just that effortless action. And Tay talks about it in relation to the editorial mind or in, uh, you know, that that's another mode, the the later thing where you edit it and you refine and and do that. that. And you don't want to wear the two caps at the same time. You have to have one or the other. And of course, the editorial mode is also a creative mode full of decisions, but they're decisions made with an audience in mind. You know, what will this look like to someone else? And what you know? decisions can I make now to tailor it to better express what I hope to express? Take something out, put something in, whatever. That's the editorial mind as opposed to the flow mind. And it occurred to me when I was editing our conversation, listening back to it, that the parallel I can draw between like that creative flow state and the state I've been in working on this support role to my stepdad and my mom during his illness and death. While it's not explicitly like a creative project and I wasn't like in a flow state, you know, the way I am when I paint or something, it was a time and still is a time where I'm staying very much in the moment dealing with the direct thing in front of me without think, you know, analyzing it a lot, deciding whether it's good or bad or that kind of thing, just going, this is it. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's challenging. And I don't really have control over which one is which, but I don't have to make anything harder than it has to be. You know, when you're going through a very challenging experience, going out into the future is almost always dipping your foot or diving into fear you know, because it's so unknown, like, what's it going to be like? What's, you know, is it going to be like this? Is it going to be like that? Is it going to go on a super long time? Is it going to end quickly? Is it going, what's the ending going to be like? What's the after the ending, blah, blah, blah. You're not a lot of great stuff. You you don't imagine a bunch of fun things. And it doesn't really help anything to do that. So you just stay in the moment. And I feel like, well, that's how I want to live all the time, not just in these kind of circumstances. I've been living in the moment very hardcore and I'm, I'm, that's part of the reason why, well, it's a big part of the reason why I haven't been on social media. I haven't been doing any kind of media. Very, very little, no news, very tailored podcast, just some music history, some spiritual, beautiful teachings, but no, you know, analysis of the news or anything like that. I have been listening to a ton of music. I've been enjoying music with a vigor or enthusiasm that I haven't felt in years. I know I've talked in past episodes about barely listening to music. At, at the time, I was, ta- I was describing how all I do is listen to podcasts, just endless talk in my ears. And then I had a very small... At one point, I think I was only listening to Kate Bush. This is before The Stranger Things uh, rebirth of her, by the way, but I, you know, I, I listened for like a year or so. I just listened to Kate Bush almost exclusively. I just couldn't even think of anybody else to listen to. Now I'm all over the place listening to a ton of stuff and playing a lot of music, you know, for my mom around the house. I DJ'd the entire hospice situation and I've been DJing ever since around the house. I'm a hospice DJ now, which I really that was a role I really uh, enjoyed doing. Playing music, I did a lot of ocean sounds, ambient stuff, Eno. Some wonderful crystal bowls, 70s music, Crosby Stills Nash and Young, Fleetwood Mac, John Denver. Stuff my stepdad liked, likes stuff that set a soothing tone, sacred tone. It's a great thing to be able to do. I really enjoyed it. We bought a nice Sonos speaker. Sounds great. Personally, in my own time, I'm listening to a ton of Heart. Been really enjoying uh, like female-fronted 80s rock, like uh, Scandal. I've been listening to a ton of Scandal, The Warrior, that album. That song. Heart, tons of heart. Heart's probably been my main band. Wings. Not a female-fronted band, but you know what I mean. That kind of stuff. That's where my my head's at right now. That '70s guitar, bass, maybe two guitars, keyboards, singer. You know, female singer, male singers. Fleetwood Mac. '70s era. And the 60s era. Mac. Tons of Judas Priest. Really, really loving the Priest. Point of Entry, that album. Remembering how huge that was for me when that came out. 82. Those songs sound as fresh today. Halford's voice. I've been practicing singing on my drives back and forth from Portland to Olympia. It's about a two-hour drive. Get in the car. Open up the pipes. Pipes. Sing along with Rob, with Ann Wilson, Patty, Smythe, not Smith. I'm a Smythe guy. I'm Smythe, not Smith. No, both Patties are cool, but Smythe, she's the one. You've got to love Scandal. Those times I waited for you seemed so long ago. I wanted you far too much to ever let you go you never knew my bet to choose and I guess I could never stand to lose such a pity to say goodbye to you
1: goodbye to you goodbye to you bye bye baby
0: so no punk it's like a Ramon song I always want to sing it Joey style I learned that song I'm doing a lot of YouTube learning guitar learning Playing guitar a ton. Working on a bunch of old songs, making them new. I'm so much better now at guitar and songwriting. It's fun to think about 20 years of little riffs and stuff and actually make them into songs. That's been really fun. Listening to music, playing music. Learning songs by scandal, songs by heart. Learning songs by heart. Yeah, and singing loud in the car, it's been very good for me. Finding my range. I mean, if you practice Halford and Wilson and Smythe, you're gonna improve as a singer. You just will. Got there's this live Orlando two thousand six scandal doing the warrior. Patty's wearing like jean shorts. Should look it up. I'll put it on the I'll put it on my Instagram. I'll probably get taken down, but whatever. Look it up. I'll put a link to it show notes. Oh my God, an Ann Wilson oh, Hart doing a magic man at the rock and roll hall of fame acceptance. Oh my God, Ann Wilson's voice now. It's like incredible. Just l- amazing. But the whole band got Fisher on guitar. You got to watch that one too. Hart magic man at the awards. Yeah, so music has been huge for me. That's been great. So That kind of sums it up. That's where I'm at. Into the richness of life. You know, not so much this, it's good and it's bad. It's just challenging and easy. And if you pay attention, get into the richness of it. You know, like this this experience with, you know, my stepdad dying. Like on the you know, the headline or whatever that, you know, is all bad, right? Nothing but bad. But then, of course, within it, if you're into it, you know, if you're, if you're engaged, there's going to be moments, too, that will blow your mind. There were times during this experience that were so beautiful, just so, so beautiful and meaningful. You couldn't help but love it. I'm not going to feel bad because I'm, you know, there were moments, like one moment I walked into the house. We had a ton of family here. He died at home surrounded by people he loved very peacefully, a good death. If there is one, he had it. And yeah, and I remember walking into the living room at one point when a lot of the relatives were there and neighbors and friends and such. And I walked in and someone was cooking up a storm in the kitchen. And uh, my, you know, my uncles were talking and his you know my stepdad's brother was talking to my uncles. They've all known each other since they were kids because mom and Tom dated... Um, And my stepdad as a uh, teenagers. Then they split up, went separate ways, and got back together later. So, um, you know, they've known each other since teenagers. So, my my uncles, you know, they they met Tom when they were like 10 years old. So, there's just all these conversations going on. I walk in, Sean Kelly's there. Sean lived with my family in San Diego for a year or so when his mom was very, very ill with cancer. His house was very chaotic at the time. He's talked about that on past episodes, but Sean's there. Lucy, his wife, who's also my dear friend, and their baby, Wren, my girlfriend, partner, Lily, was there. Clem's playing, my dog, you know, playing with the baby on the carpet, laying there. It's all warm. There's good smells. And somebody's in the room with my stepdad talking to him, and the music's playing, and they're taking care of him, and everything's just beautiful. You know, and it's at moments like that that you can't say, this is a bad situation. It's just what it is. challenging, rewarding, and very, very rich. And I guess the like lesson in it is you don't have to wait for some really, really difficult time to tap into the richness of life. It's happening all the time. It's there. And that's as much as I want to talk about that uh, this whole experience in this episode. I'll be talking about it so much in future episodes because it was, uh, there's a lot to process, but also it's an ongoing thing, it's still happening. So, you know, this is an event that trails off for a long time. It's, there's no division between it and life, it's just my life. And I'm so glad to be back on the podcast. I am gonna be entering the waters of social media and stuff again, and I'm going to be producing this podcast regularly. I've got another uh, conversation in the can, ready to go that I love, and I'm so excited to share that with you next week. Huge thank you to my Patreon anchor supporters, past supporters who've sent in one time donations. Thank you so much for sticking with the pod. I really appreciate it. Really do. I'm going to use the money that has accrued to buy new equipment, some new pieces that I really need. I'm not going to give it to, um, uh, support another cause. I'm going to put it back into this podcast with the promise going forward that you're going to get another consistently delivered season you're going to love. Season three, we're back, baby. Patreon people, you'll be seeing some things coming your way. We're going to revitalize that. It's going to be active. There will be communication. I'm not even going to apologize for not having communicated at all during this time. It's just what happened you forgive me. I know you do. I know, you know, another thing with the kind of experience I've been going through is I know the demographic of my podcast. Many of you have an experience like similar or in some way similar to the one I just had. I am having in your rearview mirror or it's coming up soon. You're in some stage of the process. Maybe you yourself are going through something, uh, medical, I'm with you. You're not alone. That's something I definitely would like to stress. I knew I wasn't alone when I was going through this. I know I'm not alone, and you're not alone either. Support your friends. Support the pod. <laughs> I just moved that into a pod commercial. You you really should support the pod if you're going through something tough right now. It'll help you. It will. $5 a month is all I ask. If you might be dying soon, you might want to do a one-time lump now. Thank you. Okay. I am going to wrap up this intro because the conversation's pretty long too, but you're getting a a nice fat episode for this return. And like I said, next week you'll get another one Um, at the end of this song. Let me just say this at the, I mean, sorry, at the end of this episode, I'm going to put a song on there. I've been right. Like I said, I've been writing all these songs. I've got like 50 songs ready to go and I'm going to start dropping some on the pod. So, Little ditties, more flushed out, big things, whatever. You'll see. I'm just going to start doing that. With every episode, you're going to get a song at the end. I'm not putting it on there at the end because I don't think it's important. I'm putting it on there at the end as a treat for those of you who listen to the entire episode. That's what you get. It's a prize, okay? Enjoy the song. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening, but thank you so much for being you. We need you. Okay? Okay. Enjoy my conversation with Tay. You're,
2: not your You're young and unclean,
1: but there are thousands of others who love you, who would kill to be your friend. A horn with the race team at your driver, 59 dogs. A window back.
0: The radio is this is recording. We're,
1: is this,
2: this
0: is happening? Is this, is this sound of my voice? It's tonic to my ears, to my soul.
3: Well, oh, um, so glad wonderful to, be. to be back.
0: Good. So glad to have you back, um, Thank, and, yeah. and to ease back into the podcast. Um, uh, the the proce- the making of the podcast with you uh, is mm-hmm. a very gentle way to re-enter these waters.
3: Oh, likewise, likewise, Likewise. I've been, I've been missing you, (laughs) Jason. I'm happy to be back. I I, I believe
0: I said on the last podcast that I'm, I would be back to very consistent episodes again. And then Mm. (laughs) there was another like month long (laughs) delay. But uh, as you know, I've been, my life has been going through some, you know, major different changes and things. So yeah, uh, absolutely. Health situation with my dear stepdad. Right. But uh, now there is a routine has been achieved. And so, yes, I actually now will say I have every intention to be consistently doing podcast episodes again. And like I said, thank you. For and
3: being... whatever happens, happens. Uh, yes. We are all patient and we're all and especially and that's what we love about your podcast, Jason, is that it really is. Sounds like a real authentic voice of a regular person with full of stories and learning how to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it for learning. us. You are doing it for us, Jason, because I think for every single one of us who are listening to podcasts, yours and others, we're probably fantasizing that we're either on a podcast or, you know, we could do a better podcast than that, but you are actually doing it.
0: And think they could do better. Uh, You know, (laughs) thank you. Well, I appreciate that. And the the only thing now that I have is uh, I have people um, supporting me monthly, like yourself with donations. So I do start to get this thing where I'm like, oh, God. I'm dropping the ball and this is like my responsibility to fulfill this thing. I mean, I've, I've given away the, the, what comes in each month a couple of times, but, um,
3: it's, it's 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 good to have a little bit of healthy guilt to yeah <laughs> propel us to, to propel you know? me
0: forward. I also you know need yeah. to avail myself of these things like Patreon and actually like put um, use it you know and update it and like put messages on there for people that do support me through that. Um, yeah, I don't know how to do that with the uh, with the anchor, but that's all stuff to be resolved. And I do want to turn a new leaf with this thing, and 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 I feel a strong pull to do this now so yeah. uh, i think i can get all that stuff in order and make this a more going concern again yeah yeah that'll be great do you want to talk about your book straight off the top i just got yes, a copy sure. of it like why don't we just do that
3: yeah yeah let's start with the book my name is taewon Yu, um second time guest on the traeger cast um is it the traeger method traeger oh, method podcast the traeger yeah. method <laughs> Yes, and I am um, uh, here at the capacity momentarily um, as the uh, author and designer of the uh, an, uh, antiquarian sticker book, uh, Volume Three, Imaginarium, uh, which is a three hundred pound, three hundred pound, three hundred page, <laughs> also three hundred pounds of hardcover compendium. Of uh, historical ephemera collages, uh, what I like to call printed hallucinations uh, gathered from the collections, pictorial collections out of, of all around the world from museums and archives and um, junk shops. And, um, yeah, so it's basically a, what I considered it's it's for me, it's a, um, sort of like a Trojan horse. I got this uh, opportunity to make this book, which is basically, um, you know, the idea was just a try to make a, uh, sort of like a deluxe, uh, sticker book. Um, <clears throat> and I kind of, uh, took it and ran with it. And, um, and we're up to volume three. Um, and, uh, they've been they sort of found traction in in the wider world because um, I. Th- and it's a surprise to me because it's something that I love make, uh, making and I'm very proud of it. And it's a very rare thing for an artist to find that something like this actually resonates um, in the greater public. Um, yeah, and this, to, is, yeah. this is
0: not a thing that you look at and think uh, you did it just as a job. This is a beautiful. No, no,
3: it is very, very close to my heart. And just to describe to you, and obviously we're in a podcast trying to try to uh, talk about a visual medium. And it's basically a hardcover book and uh inside is basically every single page is a uh, full of stickers um but the images are essentially um kind of like the most bizarre beautiful strange um enigmatic um ephemera and just like glories of printing from the 19th century and just um, everything basically I was um inspired by my lifelong um obsession with just browsing and uh, looking into junk shops and going to libraries and and just like having these sort of um kind of emotional reactions and resonances and relationships with uh, just found objects you know um and uh, and I, and I got this and it was basically that as as kind of uh just like going through the archives and digital archives of, uh, libraries and, uh, museums and, 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 and looking at the, uh, the whole, uh, trove of, uh, my, uh, years of collecting things. Um, and, uh, I sort of gathered them all together and tried to lay them out in a way that was, that would inspire and kind of like tell kind of, you know, kind of open-ended stories. Very poetic. So, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really, um, yeah, it's very close to my heart. And I'm very proud of the work, and I hope um, you get a chance to uh, uh, look at it. Uh, look up um, antiquarian sticker book, and um, the the one that I'm um, talking about now is called Imaginarium. All and three hope- of
0: them. I mean, if you don't have them, and you, I mean, if you're looking for gifts this Christmas, I mean, let's just say this is a wonderful thing for anybody. You know, children of all ages, adults, everybody would. Lo- I mean, it's just it's such a um, vision just such so an appealing thing and i don't even know the, the oh, appealing sticker book <laughs> um but but you know it's funny because like i have mine in front of me and i'm thinking like my main uh i haven't even ever thought about peeling a sticker out of it you know <laughs> i just i just look through it and i go well i wouldn't want to take it apart because i like looking at it as a uh you know it'd be an, it'd be a whole different thing to actually use them as stickers but is that what i mean do you have a preference that people actually get them out into the world and take oh the page you know i
3: yeah yeah in, my, in, in, it as in, is. in the best world uh buy two, by two yeah buy two <laughs> one keep keep one by your bedside to right. um uh, <laughs> to ease yourself into the dream world and the other one yeah just rip it up you know yeah. take the stickers cut that in half combine it with other things um and you know it's uh it's there to be used and i really and you know and the uh, the third one which is uh the the main difference is that um for this uh for the imaginarium i um i really kind of uh like you know took took that into the spirit and created original collages um Right. Uh, that are like used like basically um, reusing some of the images from the past volumes, uh, some new discoveries and creating new stories. And so as I, I wanted not only to you know, because that's what I love to do and this is actually uh, a natural extension of my uh, my art practice, But also as a demonstration of like, this is also something you could do with all these other um, uh, freestanding images that's uh, all throughout the book. Just take them, you know, just like, you know, don't be so precious with them. You know, it's like you could just rip them up. Don't even use scissors and combine them and make, you know, mutations and transform them into, um, you know, further uh, creativity uh, explorations. Yeah. And tattoo artists, man, I mean, they, you could go crazy
0: because there's so many of the, you know, the little standalone stickers that this is like tattoo flash kind of style (laughs) and some, you know, it could be inspire them at least, you know.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, and
0: then you got the full page. Now, now a lot of the small ones too, the, the little standalone ones are collages too. Am, am I right? yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of snuck them in in there, and um, that's what really the beauty of this is that I, you know, by titling it "Imaginary," I, I felt like it was just like open, you know, you go could anywhere. Be, yeah. yeah, basically, it's the dream world and. Uh, and collage obviously has you know especially modern collage in the 20th century has um you know strong uh connection with uh, the surrealist mm-hmm. surrealist and um and the fascination and the investigation to the unconscious and psychedelics um all these things and you know so this this in you know, a lot of ways it's like it really is the culmination of of my um my entire journey from um you know uh from you know, immigrant kid in New York to discovering punk rock, you know, and, and all it's kind of like reusing throwaways and, um, you know, kind of like, you know, reviving old things um, and going into, you know, refined art practice and trying to learn about things and ending up in this uh, job and design. And I don't know, it was like, to me, it's all connected. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy that uh, this is where I find myself at this time.
0: How did you come to do this job? Now this you know your name like you know is in the back as the lead designer and creator mm-hmm. of it, but it's not like the, the um you know it's not your name's not on the front cover, Taiwan you. So was this a thing that like the this publishing company Macmillan Odd dot that they mm-hmm. approached you with the idea and then you're the one who executed it or Well how well, is this?
3: if full transparency, I am uh, the design manager of Odd Dot um, Books, uh, which is a uh, imprint of Macmillan, and it's a children's book publisher. We mostly do uh, nonfiction and a lot of creative work there. Um, I really love my job. Um, and, yeah, it was sort of an in-house project of, like, making a deluxe sticker book. What would that be like? You know, and um, it was an interesting enough idea, but I thought once I started Um, I could see that I, what I really love about this, this uh, assignment was I love just um, going into the uh, picture collection of the New York Public Library and the digital collections and just like finding um, uh, internet archives also, and just like finding the most bizarre forgotten prints and ephemera that's been salvaged and, um, you know, and, and kind of like, just like, a place there without context I don't know context is where where it came from etc but i mean they haven't been cleaned up at all you know it wasn't for reuse it was really for research you know mm. and so i'd love just like hours i just you know i just love the hours spent just looking and hunting okay. and i realized that this was really um speaking to my um my just my inner inclination towards collecting and seeking and find you know and kind of categorizing and and put and just like uh just like seeing the potential for these things for other yeah. artworks you know it's so, so
0: cool to be able to to use these things because they're so often i'll be at an estate sale or something and i'll be digging through a box of printed ephemera and just be like yeah this is so cool oh this is so cool <laughs> yeah but do i want to what do i do i'll just take a picture because what do i do with it and i, I I'll sit sit something on my shelf for you know a year, looking at it, going yeah, I'm good. and yeah. just the inspiration of seeing it there some you know old Valentine from the twenties or something, yeah. That, you know, I think well, it's so cool to have a project where you can utilize all these little treasures that you find.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I and I and I completely identify with uh, what you're saying. It's um, you know, these um found objects like really speak to me. Um, they um, you know, and, and it's like. You know, I, I, sometimes, you know, I do, I do get into this kind of space, <laughs> into this mental space where I question, like, why did I find this at this time?
2: Mm.
3: You know, or why is it that, like, oh, and it's just, and I guess, like, I've always had this um, uh, interest in, since I was a kid, about how, um, how things are just, like, what is the difference between something that is, that survives time and something that is essentially just, like, cast off and disintegrates? you know and how they live in memory and how they can be held and how and of course and you know as a, as a child i think i was really fascinated by things like like why is this you know um i don't know mag- i don't know like why is this uh stamp worth a million dollars or why is this coin you know suddenly um you know so precious and amazing you know and it's like and so I just had this, I was just loved that. I uh I was just really fascinated by the fa- uh the subject of of transformation, of like how we of, of perception essentially, of like finding something, imbuing it, sort of like receiving its energy, imbuing it with your own um kind of you know, memory and I don't know, just your own creative um energies into it and somehow. And and basically, and also my my habit to kind of save it from, you know, the estate sales and kind of, you know, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And and I still have, I still you know accumulate uh, so many things. And um, and I have my entire process of uh, kind of like you know taking them and like and they go through different steps of like cutting them out and trying different things and. So um yeah so anyway like yeah i, I i've always been uh, kind of fascinated by with old things and how they can be recontextualized and reinvented yeah. and transformed so um yeah so this is sort of like another variation on, on on you know what is essentially like my <laughs> my uh my natural way of being that's great find the work that you love um, uh, we um, found look, me uh, in this
0: situation <laughs> yeah I was thinking how um, it, what a blessing it is to be attracted to printed material and paper as opposed to like you know not <laughs> tchotchkes or something that you take up so much room and have to be stored. Rick, so true. You're flat. It's very convenient that way. Yeah, I was thinking too when you were talking about you know the the mystery of what survives time and what doesn't and finding you and how like um, when I when I will buy a bunch of things in an estate sale sometimes I'll buy you know, little address books and things like that mm-hmm. from like, there's this one, the States So, uh, several years ago in lads edition, Portland, that was just one of the most incredible ones I've ever been to. It reminded yeah. me of the kind we used to go to an Olympia in the early nineties, uh, you know, where there'd be like these two sisters lived in a house for 90 years together and never got rid of a single thing. And you know, before the eBay and, and people were, um, you know, so attuned to the market, you just go there and so much stuff wouldn't even be bought cause it, Nobody knew what the could figure out how what to do with it or whatever. But I remember this estate sale in Lads Edition. I bought so much stuff; it was (laughs) just crazy. And to this day, I'm still trying to figure out what to do with some of it because it's like stuff that is so um, I don't know who would want it, and but yet I cannot throw it away because Mm -hmm. even if it's just an old ad from 1910, it's like the fact that that ad survived, that little piece of paper survived, and came to my house. Mm-hmm. have to honor it i, I you know it, it's it's so different than another scrap of paper because it's, it's so true you yeah. yeah, yeah. like a business card for some you know taxi company or something yeah yeah and
3: and I think that, that that's a situation in which like we as um and i completely i understand what you're saying um and I think that that's is i mean from my own experience, it's like uh there's a element of kind of like like letting it sit in its form and it's like you know if it's bound in a magazine like let the magazine be for a while you know you don't want to touch it yeah you don't want to keep it and then over time you get used to it familiar and it's like you know is it the whole magazine or is it you know where are you at a different time yeah uh looking at it and uh, you know like you know you're looking at it a certain way now and then you'll look at it in a different way later and and then um, in my situation sometimes you know just because i want to call things and i'm moving and Absolutely. or you know I, i'm just kind of like in the spirit of just want, wanting to reduce things and so i just take you know what speaks to me and it's again it's like the fun of allowing images to kind of speak to me you know having this um kind of relational um experience and 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 sort of uh saving them and i usually like to cut them out like very close to the edges and and with the uh intention of maybe using in a collage or just like to see it you know and and that level and that by kind of transforming it like out of um the bound book or the bound uh, magazine and then uh, kind of isolating it and then like further processing it but kind of like i don't know it's like always kind of like holding on to the essence of it somehow um there's like I don't know. There's like an evolution of your own relationship with this thing. So like, um, so yeah. I'm so I, I, yeah. I'll just say that it's a uh, yeah. Just give it time. I think and, and always kind of revisit and see what see what how, you know. Um, what, you know, say how how brave you are <laughs> about like yeah. processing it and um, yeah dealing with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what you have to do, isn't it? You just live with the thing. And sometimes it's nice yeah. to you know go. Oh, this thing's beautiful, and I'm ready to let someone else. Mm-hmm. have it you know yeah ready to let yeah. someone else enjoy it and also not be that precious about them either because like everything's a sand painting ultimately
2: yeah
3: i'm ultimately, not going exactly. but uh yeah you know, yeah so. and i yeah and and, and, and you know that it gets the question it's like why are we so afraid of like using it right like because if we use it we're kind of like anticipating this moment of regret when we should have used it for something else or we needed it later and um and that's a you know that's a real uh impasse in the creative process um this kind of too many choices or like putting yourself in a situation where you, you you have too many choices and yeah well that's the digital age isn't it yeah. Yeah, you know, that's you know, true too. I mean, yeah.
0: Endless choices because there's no preciousness to right. any image. I mean the actual it's not an object. Yeah. It's a bunch of code.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the you thing is produce. it's like with this paper, it is like yeah. you can scan it and definitely reuse it, but uh but of course it's like the truth is in the paper, right? The object, the, yeah. That the object that actually is like like this <laughs> printed ink from yeah. you know 1890 like, 1930 uh, the embossing aspect yeah. of
0: some of those printing techniques where you see the little bite of the press into the paper you know how much that's a part of the object you know, you know yeah you
3: and, of course, and, also, and of course and of course the the fact that your hand touched it and yeah. you know you 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 know you, you cut it out in this way that's not you know completely like as accurate as like, like you know photoshop um and it has all these other kind of qualities you know that's um, that you kind of imbue with it imbue it with um so when you're making and, collages are you doing these by uh by cutting things up or are you the collages like in the book uh in the book um no uh, in the book they're mostly done digitally yeah. um and because uh ultimately that's how you know mo- all those images are kind of processed you know intended to be a printed book um, and i you know so it's important to keep the the quality and the texture uh, of it all sim- uh, relatively consistent. Right. So, um, so that it was important to do it that way, but uh, in my own practice, definitely um, I use, um, you know, I use doubts uh, of scans. Um, I can use old books. I use, uh, you know, like all these saved images um, and yeah. And with that, I'm much more um, uh, kind of hands-on and, um, and I really love the, you um, you know, It's a completely different practice, I feel, of, of uh of just like relating to paper and, and and making decisions and commitment down on paper, which is much harder to change than uh, yeah. to do it digitally. You know? That's so right. yeah. Well, and it's if- also and, and, and actually like I just wanted to like segue into like the, the creative side about mm-hmm. like this type of like, you know, this uh one of the you know um kind of like kind of uh, like I don't know like uh understandings i've i've really uh recently come upon about in the creativity is in my um in thinking about creativity is like how um that kind of like micro decisions um has really benefited me um as opposed to kind of um kind of leaning towards um a world of uh multiple choices instead of going there just like make a choice make a choice Keep making it, you know, no regrets. And then just, you know, if it's, and then always just have patience, just like keep going and see what is revealed, especially through that point where it doesn't look like anything or you feel like you just ruined it. You know, you just, (laughs) this thing, this piece of uh, like clipping that I cut out from a magazine, like, you know, survived a hundred years. And now it feels like I, you know, turned it into garbage, but stay, stay with it, you know, Um, Yeah,
0: with some fearlessness for sure
3: absolutely and patience too yeah, yeah.
0: well yeah it's good it's, it's good to hear uh it's good to talk about this for me at this point because i'm having like um one of my most noticeable creative well, what would you call it fallow periods that i've mm-hmm. experienced mm-hmm. in many
3: years oh, yeah that's um, yeah that's surprising i've always uh known you to be such a, um, a prolific and you a know, constant you know yeah. maker yeah. I mean, I yeah. think
0: eliminating cannabis from my diet, um, has been part of it. Um, mm-hmm. because that was always part of my, or often part of my process, you know, get a right. little bit, um, cannabinated and let the ideas go. Sure. But, um, so taking that out, which I have done, um, but you know, more than anything, I think it's just this upheaval in my life and being, sure. and Splitting yeah. my time, not splitting, I'm spending most of my time in Olympia, Washington now. Yeah. being a home healthcare worker essentially to my stepdad and supporting my <laughs> yeah. mom. And, you know, not having my familiar place and all those things sort of come together to yeah, take me out of my studio kind of space. And mm-hmm. um but yeah, it's still it's remarkable to to just sit and look at a sheet of paper, look at old work and just go, I have no interest or inclination, not no, I shouldn't say no, because I will sit there but um, and doodle or something, you know, like, but right. it's very much with no sense of direction or inspiration. Yeah. Um, so, but you
3: know, I, 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 I but I, just I accept I, it though. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that um this may be a fallow period as far as like, actually uh, making tangible things, mm-hmm. but this experience, I am I'm pretty sure that it, w- this is, um, this uh, this will add to the fuel and the material that will that will be the foundation for um, the next phase of oh, yeah. creativity. Of oh, I'd whatever, imagine. Whatever yeah.
0: oh, of course, it has to. be. Well, one of the things that you know, living long enough teaches you is you start to see patterns. And there's, you know, I've mm-hmm. been in these states before, yeah. and. I've never stayed in you know, no state ever is permanent. You give it yeah. gives way to one thing and yeah, so I don't so I don't have any great anxiety or fear around it. And I'm not um, you know, even that bothered about it because I'm so keenly aware of right this time being what it is. So I'm um, yeah. like I'm just accept like, yeah, of course, if there's you know, when you're taking care of a cancer patient who you love, um, you know, it's, right, right. It's not like gonna necessarily be it's not necessarily going to stop you from being creatively inspired, but it's also you know, yeah, takes up a lot of energy and um, doesn't necessarily, yeah, set the heart yeah,
3: out. and it's all a practice, right? It's like you know, and and part of practice is rest, and part oh, of practice yeah. is is constant um, training, and that part of practice is just like kind of doing it without uh, a goal in mind. You know, all yes. of these things are part of it. So, right. yeah, so you know, you're right now, you're um, you know, your practice is to be a you know a good son yes. and uh, a good caretaker and um, and, a, yeah. and, a, and a generous human being and um, this is you know this is i mean it is it's uh, you know i i would i would say that this is a creative act in in every sense of the word it's all life
0: you know yeah. and all of it feeds into the same thing and yeah i'm not a you know as a productivity machine that's, that's definitely not the thing it's 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 right. it's also realizing like that the therapeutic aspects of just sitting and like drawing with no intention of creating anything nice that I would ever want to show somebody. Just, you know, Mm -hmm. just sitting down. Like last night, I did that for like an hour. I just sat and just, you know, in like a notebook, just drew weird shapes and just different color combinations next to one another. And I thought, well, this is like what a child does. You know, you don't Thinking like, oh, I want to make something beautiful I can put on the internet. It's like, no, you're just drawing. What does blue look like next to this purple? And what does colored
3: pencil (laughs) with a little watercolor over it look like? Justin, I mean, Jason, I'm sorry. Um, you know, it's like I, I um, that, um, I've worked so hard to arrive at exactly that state that you are describing. Um, it is, I've had such a block towards um, being playful and being open. Um, and I was, and my fallow period, even though I wasn't, it wasn't, um, I was producing quite a bit. Um, I got to say, like, it took me a long time to just kind of shed this feeling of uh, inauthenticity and um, kind of like not, lack of connection to that very thing that you're saying, you know, of this like freedom and play and creativity. Um, and uh, yeah, it took me a lot of work to to finally. Um, be able to figure out how to do that. And, you know, and you know, obviously it comes very naturally to us um when we were a kid and growing up or and and obviously I think, you know, um, you know, using cannabis and you know psychedelics and, you know, all these sort of influences kind of um help us to helped us to kind of like, you know, like revisit this uh state of mind from childhood. Um but as an adult, um, you know, I don't know. Like I, it took me a long time to shed that, and yeah, um, I felt like you know it's like a strange like you know um, uh, you know this irony where I was like producing a lot and you know, but I realized that that was actually kind of learning this other side. While but much to you know, but while I was um, kind of like not paying attention to just keeping that that um, that uh, that playful side um, uh, going, you know, it's yeah. it really imbalanced. Yeah. Yeah,
0: um, one thing I've been doing a little bit of that I rarely ever do is drawing from life, looking at an mm-hmm. object and doing a quick drawing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's something that I, I think I might like explore as a project for a while, mm-hmm. um, because in the past I've always had this, uh, oh, just kind of a tendency, a general inclination to, yeah. The visionary, you know, like sure. what does my imagination just conjure out of nowhere yeah. the, the, the generative kind of creativity that's like uh, yeah. always seemed like the most interesting thing to me because, you know, anybody can draw an object in front of them if they learn to draw or, yeah. or try to or whatever. It's just sitting there. You can do that. But like the vision I have is specifically my own or something. This is kind of sort, of sort of the idea.
3: Yeah it's 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 interesting cuz like I'm exactly the opposite like I draw from life all the time and mm-hmm. that's how i was trained and I draw uh, on the subways and um and that um I'm very uh adept at but the the part that I had a lot of trouble was exactly what you're good at which is to be free and um you know uh, you know disinhibited to just like letting just going inside and just like just like putting down one thing and then letting you know you know what happens next you know telling myself a story and just like you know let it grow in front of uh, you know, on the paper in front of me um i really was i was you know i felt so uptight about that I, it was you know i really couldn't do that and it's only just recently that i sort of like kind of uh you know um you know uh you know, cracked that wall and like i feel a little more comfortable being able to do that do you enjoy doing that yeah, yeah and um it's really important to me and part of that is um I think for me and I don't know if other people will um identify with this is but is that um like I would um start with a you know whatever it is collage or drawing or a painting and at some point like it wasn't meeting my expectations you know and yeah. I just wanted to give up and it was just not going anywhere and and, you know, it's a really strong feeling. And I just felt like I couldn't get past that. And, but it's like slowly, like I was able to thaw that, um, that constraint a little bit and a little by little. And, um, and I realized that like, just by kind of pushing through and like make a bad drawing, you know, just like, oh, yeah. you know, this, yeah, this is ruined. Give up, but just like, see where it goes. Just keep going. Like, and then, and what I, this is like something like what I kind of, like a overall philosophy is that like there is a resting place for everything. You know, there's like a state in which things are forming and things are kind of arriving. And then that arrival, it will, um, uh, transform and it will dissipate and disappear. But there is that kind of like resting spot space where like the song doesn't need anything more, you know, or like a painting is enough. Um, you know and this is and it's basically like acceptance yeah and so the kind of like pushing through that that gatekeeper and the the doubting voices and the thing that basically the critique that says it's not up to par just like no just like push through it's like find that resting place yeah where you can't do anymore and it's fine and then it may still look like chaos but you know my strategy is always just like if it's whether it's chaos or it's a masterpiece, just you know, close the book and don't look at it for a day. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, even better, don't look at it for, you know, a week. <laughs> um, my and then come back and it
0: set it aside for 10 years.
3: Yeah. And then you and discover man, yeah. it and now it's a found object. And, and yeah. like circling back to what we we're talking about earlier, like let that thing speak to you because you're no you're no longer the same person who is who made that. And and actually, and and I and this is also a, another aspect of it. It's like the um the like two states of mind. Like like one, like when I'm I realize like if, if I'm making something, I'm going to just you just um be exclusively in the making state of mind and be become and um and embody the creativity and um like seeing it through and experiment and making mistakes. That's that's just making. But don't let the critique mind in during at that stage that's not it's not the time the and that's where mind. i was having trouble the editor mind was was like accompanying me accompanying the creative mind and basically like mm-hmm. looking over its shoulder and and telling me all the things that was wrong with it so that like so you know the editing mind like keep that's for uh, the next day you know yeah and then it's like yeah yeah put the, put the editing mind and it's like maybe it's only like a, a you know like a part of this collage that's salvage you know usable or you know maybe that's beautiful yeah, whatever it is but but it's a but it is a different you, you're a different person looking at it yeah. you know you're not the same person making it and then it's for me it's like it's been really uh helpful to to um to kind of like state these two two parts and it's oh, yeah. like and be like you know be fully function i mean i mean fully focused in one state of mind making fully focused in one state of mind um critiquing judging editing etc yeah
0: it's interesting. It circles back to what you were talking about searching the archives um, in New York and around mm-hmm. you for these images for the book. Um, that's what I find myself doing, like you were just describing just now, with my own catalog of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's times where I'll look at some old watercolor that's just a garbage painting, but there'll yeah. be one little section up in the corner where there's this perfect color cord. Of yellow, orange, and gray, or something that's just super, uh, you know, intoxicating. And I'm just like, yeah. and I'll go. This whole painting existed only for me to discover that little tiny cord of colors in the corner that I'll use in another painting. You oh, know? absolutely. So even for, though this yeah. thing is something you know, I could easily just tear up and throw in the garbage. Absolutely. Th- but that little thing, I would have never discovered it if I hadn't made this, um, you know, this thing. And yeah, that goes and, yeah, all, that's sorts, like, uh, all throughout my stuff. You know, I'll find an old painting that I can work on again, yeah, an image I want to revisit, yeah, whatever absolutely. it is. And yeah, it's
3: all, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All grist for the mill. Yeah. Because it's all, it's, it's all on the same plane of time. Yeah, You know, it's like, it's, you know, it's not, it's not precious because it's old, you know, it's not, um, I mean, see, you know, some things are like, it, it may be a document of who you are and may that like, completely like perfectly encapsulate that, that time. Yeah. But, but then again, it's also, it can also be reused. And I don't, you know, I I, I don't throw away my, um, you know, my uh, like scraps. I don't, or my um, failed paintings. Or even just like, you know, like these. And, yeah, recordings. Yeah, pa- yeah. yeah, pages where I just like cut, just like using, um, you know, just like splashing paint around just to uh, get loosened up. You know, they sort of like go into this, uh, my uh, recycling um uh, paper recycling um, bin, but I always, you know, dig it up again and like, and reuse. And, you know, so like, just like there's different criteria. Some things are more finished and so you want to like, like, you know, just like maybe they're a little bit more precious, but, but they're all, but everything can be reused, um, you know, in my studio. So yeah, so I, I, I keep everything around just for that use.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's precious stuff. Uh, it just mm-hmm. flashed into my mind that I'm here in yeah. Olympia. Where you and I met, yes, in whatever yes. year that was, nineteen ninety three <laughs> or nineteen ninety two, um, right? Yeah, and I've been, you know, doing this project with my family, and I've and it's, you know, we I've gone through all these phases with it. It's been this unfolding thing as these kinds of uh, situations are, and lately it's become kind of um, a routine, and it's been normalized in the past couple weeks and i've been thinking more i've been more uh, accepting of this situation being here and it's occurred to me especially having gone to like the bikini kill show the other night at the capitol theater seeing Mm -hmm. a bunch of old friends there and um you know hooking up with uh, spending time with some other friends in town that uh, another thing i have here is this and uh, this has a point to what we were talking to about Drawing from the past and finding new mm-hmm. uh, uses, but I, but I'm, I guess what I'm getting as like with the podcast, I'm going, ooh, I'm here in Olympia doing this residency yeah. essentially, and it's a real yes. opportunity <laughs> for me to, with the podcast, to go deep with yes. all these people here, you know, and yes,
3: uh, and this is the, the part that, that I think a lot of people have been waiting for is that your Olympia phase and also your Los Angeles phase um, that has to come as well but um, but i love i mean I love the southern california um uh san diego um uh you know survey um and and you know but uh but yeah, I was eager to hear um your stories and and also the, and other people's stories around, uh, around experience around you know our shared experience around olympia oh yeah. it's such a obviously such a you know important Olympia's part of is our just lives so huge yeah, it's so huge and and you know, for me,
0: me personally, like Olympia, I I've often, you know, I've come here a lot over the years because my parents yeah. live here, mom and Tom. Um, but I've often kind of stuck close to home when spent, when I'd come up, I'd hang out with them. Pete Kramiak lives here, of course. And he's somebody mm-hmm. that I would visit with occasionally, but almost, there's almost no one else in town that I would visit when I'm, when I'm here. You know, I'd see Nikki occasionally because mm. I'd be visiting Pete, Nikki McClure.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I almost never visit anyone. And and I've and I've realized not that I didn't know this, but and it wasn't like a, you know, because usually when I'm here, I'm here for a weekend. I want to see mom, and so it's not like a priority to, to do other yeah, things. Sure. But, but it's occurred to me too that like you know, Olympia is one of those places that there's. Uh, I, I think I avoid it partly out of pain from from some some of my memories and of ah. you know the 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 years that mm-hmm. I categorize in my mind now as like the dark years, the the, the, the bad times. <laughs> and and it's right. just a general tendency of me to be like uh I have like a tendency kind of to close the door on certain chapters and be like, Well, I'm doing this other thing yeah. now and I have this other life and I don't need to um Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. This is the kind of, que- these are the kind of questions and things that yeah. now I, I like to explore and I'm interested in reconnecting. Sure. Sure.
3: And, and I think that, yeah. And yeah, yeah and the, I think that pain, that's, that's, and I've um, changed, you know? that's, that speaks, that speaks to, yeah, go ahead.
0: Sorry. Oh Well, I guess, what was I, I don't know. I guess just that like the mission I'm on in life now is to really examine like my own, um, patterns and 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 just to, you know, i have a level of acceptance in general and of myself and of that i i don't i'm and i'm just more curious unless i i don't have this sense of um i don't know it's just it's just a ripe time yeah there's there's ch- a big change afoot
3: you're creating a, a gift to gift yes to not only to us you know all the people who experience this by preserving and um and asking questions and telling stories, but also, uh, you know, this is, you know, you're doing, to me, this is very important work because, because we're, you know, this is the time to, to talk about it. Yes. Um. You know, not only for ourselves, but as a, you know, historical marker for other people, because they will be, you know, thinking about it, talking about it and referencing it, you know, it already is happening. It's obvious, you know, but, right. but it's very, I think it's wonderful. It's important to, for the you know for the story to be told from somebody who experienced it, you know who's who's there as part of it, and um and also you know and it is it is and to your point about the pain, um you know I completely understand and, and I think that goes with the, that that's like the the, um, the shadow side of all the the vibrancy and the creativity and the freedom, you know that accompanies us. When we are in our twenties and you know thirties for that matter, because like you know that we, you know we were essentially like we're just growing, we're learning, we weren't fully formed, we had a lot of problems, a lot of uh, issues internally, externally, and it comes with it. You know that's like the you know that's like the shadow side of all the all the amazing, glorious you know um, things that also occurred too, right? So it's like it's like it's all mixed in together, and and um. And I don't know. I think that it's like you know. I have the privilege of like you know having moved back to the East Coast, so I don't, you know, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's not only a distance, but also the, um, you know, I don't get to uh, visit Olympia as often. Um, but, but the, but I think that it's, you know, you know, we, we're much more we're harsh just to ourselves, you know, like right. It's um like the, are the, they ma we imagine that other people are thinking what we're thinking about ourselves, but it's obviously, it's never that, that way. You know, we, you know, we see, we, we, we tend to see the best in each other. Oh, yeah. you know, and certainly, you know, like, you know, like my connection to you and and the connection to people in Olympia and even, you know, the peripheral characters and the, you know, and people I kind of knew or acquaintances and, you know, they're all uh, dear to my heart. And yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It's like, what it's like, it's sort of like I, I mean, I love, Sorry,
2: yeah.
0: I was just going to say go ahead, that, no, thing no, that happens with time also where um, you get to a certain age and you get such an appreciation for just the act of survival amongst people and that, that we're here, you know, like you yeah, know, hanging out yeah. at the Capitol Theater. I'm like looking at these people going, it's so cool that we all are here, you know, <laughs> we made it through. Yeah. When, When also, you know, like Toby was naming from the stage, you know, a lot of people who are deceased who are not with us uh physically yeah. anymore and really thinking like oh yeah. god you know i'm a i'm so happy to be a part of the people who can who we we can get together and talk and that's awesome that's right yeah yeah absolutely it is yeah because <laughs> you get into your 50s and it's like there's no you know well actually a lot of our friends
3: in their 30s yeah and- yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so for me, you know, like um the idea, you know, first I had the idea of Olympia before I ever, you know, um arrived in Olympia. What was um, your idea? I think uh, well, I'll tell you this, <laughs> it's like I first um I think that I it was um I think I the first mention of Olympia was um probably from somebody, uh, a friend of mine um like turning me on to, um, you know, what I still consider one of the best, like the greatest singles of all time, which is um, uh, Milk Toast Brigade by The Go Team, um, which is a one-sided uh, single um, with Go Team. Um, uh, and this particular single was sung by uh, and written by uh, Jeffrey Kennedy, um, played with, uh, I think, uh, probably Calvin, Toby, maybe Billy uh, is in there maybe. Um, and it's a really uh, just an amazing pop song and and you know there's this kind of like oh you know it's like k records i you know to me i didn't realize that it was actually relatively uh, a new thing but to me felt like oh it's like an institution and um so i was kind of learning about it i just love the sound of it that single in particular i just thought was like such a such a magical artifact and, um, and then I think, um, and maybe I've t- talked about in the last, uh, uh, the, my last appearance here was, but I went to this, uh, show, I think it was maybe 90, maybe, or, um, w- at a yoga studio that, um, this show that my friend uh, put together with a go team, uh, some the sidewalk, uh, mecha normal, um, uh, galaxy 500 all playing it, um, at, at a, uh, uh uh, yoga studio um, that, that was in the basement of a uh, brownstone uh, across the street from Topkensville Park in New York, and um, and it was such a an amazing amazing show. It was, um, you know, it was like you know the holy palooey of of uh, New York scenesters were there, and um, and I really distinctly remember the sound the the sound of like you know Madonna's um uh uh like uh, is it, yeah like a virgin had come out. Uh-huh. Um, and no, not, not virgin. Um, um, what is it? Um, uh, what is the one after it's, um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was facing out on it. Um, get your Madonna shit together, bro. God damn it. Okay. We we'll have to edit this back in, but, um, it was <laughs> so Madonna and, uh, and Fugazi's, um, EP had come out. So I was listening mm-hmm. and hearing Madonna Fugazi and they both sounded like, of the same world just incredibly just arresting and compelling and um and and seeing um uh the go team play and, and um the whole thing was just like um just off the cuff and like i remember them singing it uh, into a microphone that was basically gaff you know gaffer taped onto a um uh the uh, into a lamp onto like a, a standing lamp um and it was really one of the best shows I've ever seen. And I remember giving, and I was making cassettes and recording my own stuff at the time. And I gave it to Calvin. And then that was the beginning of my kind of like 10 pound relationship. And, and at that time I had um, just graduated graduating college and didn't know what to do. And, and so in my mind, I had this idea of Olympia, which is basically like the visuals was essentially like, um, you know, um, the log cabin on the, on the, on the box of celestial seasonings.
0: uh <laughs> what sleepy flavor is the tea. log cabin sleepy time sleepy
3: time tea So oh, that's the bear where, in the chair yeah well bear in the chair but isn't there like a i think there's on the side there's like a log cabin like in the woods Oh, I mean, anyway i believe that in my mind that that, yeah. that whatever the house that, that 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 sleepy time bear lived in was um, where um k records was that's been a big calvin in the chair in his pajamas <laughs> exactly. drinking
0: sleepy time in a log cabin in Olympia. yeah and
3: i was thinking this um you know in, in my um in my apartment um living up of a of a bar on uh, First Avenue in Houston Street. <laughs> I
0: remember when Star Star Seyfert's, um parents or her grandparents came out when she and I got married, and or her aunt and uncle who are elderly Upper West Side uh-huh. people, and they uh, had never been to the Northwest, and they were like, "It's so amazing! It's just like this place covered in little and big Christmas trees." That was the only reference point. Was it was just it was just covered in Christmas trees. Yeah. And that was the New York vision of Olympia. Yes, definitely.
3: Oh, by the way, like a prayer. God damn it. Like a prayer. Like a prayer. Just like waiting a room.
0: Like a virgin. Like a prayer. Like a prayer and waiting room were were hot in that that summer.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> that's amazing.
3: Yeah. And yeah, so that was that's that was my conception of Olympia and um and and at that time, uh, yeah, I was like made friends with, uh, um, Allison Wolf and Bratmobile, who's just getting started and, uh, setting up shows for them and, and vice versa and, um, uh, seeing, uh, Nation of Lucy's and Bikini Kill, um, and kind of all come, coming together during that time and, um, going out to IPU in in, uh, September, August. Yeah. August 1990. Was it the On first September? time
0: you you went to Olympia? Was IPU?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We took uh, me and Rachel. We <laughs> didn't drive, so we basically took the Amtrak um, with a stopover in Chicago, all the way to Olympia, picked up by Pat Malley, and we stayed at the ABC House. And um, yeah, that's uh, where it all began. And um, after that, um, that time, uh, you know, hanging out in Olympia during uh, in the national pop underground, um, I like made this decision to uh, just when i go back to new york i'm gonna you know try to figure it out and try to move 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 to olympia um and you know and for me and uh, just in retrospect like thinking about that it was like um you know you have to understand that like was coming from um you know i was a child of immigrants i i, I moved to the states when i was um seven years old and so I carried a lot of kind of like, you know, displacement and dis- disorientation with me, you know, always feeling like an outsider. And so, um, you know, like moving to Olympia was in some ways like just opportunity to completely reinvent myself, you know, just the way and, and it really was the place, um, that I felt like that's something where I could, uh, could do that. Um, basically, you know, just like, you know, being fully an outsider among a town of outsiders and where, uh, and also I think the, just like the, the limitations and the parameters of like, just like there's not that many things to do. So like the lack of choices also kind of appealed to me, you know, like living in New York, just like you're kind of inundated with possibilities and just very overwhelming, but to, um, and so I think just, uh, for me, um, like a small town and, uh, this kind of creative hotbed and um, and the examples of all these amazing things that were happening there um, uh, really resonated with me. And you know, to me, oh, it's like yeah. I to me that was like the American dream. You know, mm-hmm. like to me, it was like being able to completely um, like start over um, in at age whatever twenty three and reinvent myself. Go out west. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah it's
3: my own version yeah, of it.
0: Yeah, Olympia was like the insane petri dish, you know, like I mean it's it's just it's just I've been list, looking at, you know, with the algorithms on YouTube, you watch one video and you get another and another and mm-hmm. I, I watched like an unwound live at the Capitol Theater and then they started feeding me unwound stuff and carp and all these videos of, you know, Lucky 7 House and and <laughs> and, and, and just thinking about the combination of people, you know, all these homegrown kids, you know, bands like Carp and Unwound and stuff. Well, Sarah was from Indiana, but you know, these homegrown bands and the homegrown aspect of the scene, and then all the people like you and I, that, you know, you moving from the East coast of me coming from California, but being from the Northwest. So not, you know, unfamiliar with the Northwest, but still unfamiliar with Olympia. And so there's all these people from out of town moving in and that have only increased, of course, as Olympia's renown um, at that time grew. But, yeah. just, but just, yeah, the fact that every all the action was taking place within this, you know, downtown being whatever, 50, 20 square blocks or something or less. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah, the ultimate compactness of it. And like mm-hmm. you said, the, the there's not a bunch of stuff to be doing on any given night, you know.
3: Yeah, and and the and, yeah, and you could and and you could really um, yeah like take action and yeah um, and bring things into being and 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 obviously there were um, so many examples of that of uh, people uh, you know um, were native to Olympia yeah um, create, your fun, create your own fun create yeah. your own scene yeah yeah so yeah the, all those things appealed to me coming from New York where it just you know felt like I mean it was so daunting to try to. You know, get make, you know, make space and, you know, get people together, all these things. Also, you know, Um, the
0: blackberries, that's something that, that I've (laughs) been at my mom's this, uh, you know, in August and well, throughout the summer, spending most of my time here. uh, The blackberry season was in full swing, you know, here it's still going. Um, Blackberries grow everywhere in Olympia. There's a couple different kinds. Yeah. They're just, you know, I mean, you go for a walk and I stumble upon these clumps of blackberries. There there must be, you know, a city block long thing of blackberries, six feet high, a million blackberries, perfect, beautiful. And it reminded me so much of those early years in Olympia for me and you. Yeah, it was like early 90s, how much like going to pick blackberries and making blackberry pies <laughs> became often what, in shorthand, I'll think of that time as like, Nikki making a blackberry pie or going, you know, having yeah. blackberry cobbler at Calvin's for a bunch of people. And, and I would dream so often at night of these blackberry patches, almost those, uh, not so much <laughs> dreams with a narrative, but just kind of as you're falling asleep, you know, those yeah. hypnagogic or hypnopompic, I guess they're hypnagogic when you fall mm-hmm. asleep, images of just blackberry bushes with just covered in berries as I'm drifting off to sleep. Something about the intense bounty of the blackberries around here. It, yeah. It and also on the- a
3: Deep psychic level yeah and, and the um the intertwined tendrils also tendrils. Right? The, there's something about that is like that that sort of sort of formation in the natural world yeah. i think is is to me is very much reflective of our own kind of like you know inner inner like m- mental tendrils of of different lines of consciousness oh, yeah, right. and different lines of of you know of like who we are and who we who, you know, who we will be who yeah. we were and you know, all these things interesting yeah and yeah. you know, oftentimes like in my i if in my psychedelic uh, journeys like um that type of like either cellular structures or um or like uh or vines usually uh, oh yeah um the, there the roots yeah yeah
0: yeah there's something about them maybe it's like reflects our neural network you know and also the blackberry being these you know it's a weed it's invasive and yet it's like gives these this amazing probably like my favorite fruit or berry you know is the blackberry and the uh then the thorns you know you're getting stuck with thorns while you're going for the sweet thing (laughs) metaphors (laughs) abound i think yeah (laughs) just the sensation of my fingers getting all purple and there's like a very specific feeling in the fingers when you're picking blackberries and you, you, they get purple and those little fuzzy bits get on them and you'll get stuck a few times. And I was like, oh yeah, this very, it's a strong sense memory.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's really just like contains everything. Doesn't it? just like, yeah. it's like something very sexual, very innocent, yeah. you know, very, you know, like, yeah, it contains, wonder contains if black, the entire
0: black candy by beat happening. You know, I was thinking that while I was picking blackberries. Cause my girlfriend, Lily, she said she, she was quoting some comedy show where she's like, I think it's kids in the hall or something where she's like, fruit that's what candy's based on or something like <laughs> candy is based on fruit and i was picking okay. it going thinking about black candy picking blackberries
3: yeah they're so good oh my god that could be the subject of your uh, master's
0: thesis yeah uh, in the coming years the erotic <laughs> the pleasure and pain of blackberries exactly olympia 1992 1990 to 1994 yeah yeah it's deep stuff it's deep waters and mm-hmm. I felt deep waters. I felt, I mean, seeing bikini kill these two times, I, I saw them in Portland. I went down for my first weekend in Portland in a month and, and uh, yeah. Toby was kind enough to have put me on the list at the, um, mm-hmm. uh, um, crystal ballroom, which was an amazing show. I love that wow. venue. And I love the show was so much. I mean, it's beyond fun. It was, I don't know, just very inspiring to me and meaningful and, and, just beautiful, just just beautiful. Yeah. And the look of it, God, there was a couple of moments like I. she had gotten me uh, reserved seats up in the balcony at the Crystal Ballroom, which is a beautiful mm-hmm. old place in Portland. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the capacity is, 1800, 2000 maybe. So I'd sat up there for m- most of the show, but then you know, halfway through the set, we uh, Lucy, Sean Kelly's wife and I, uh, mm-hmm. she, she and I went down to the floor you know, to see it yeah, from that yeah. perspective. And there was these moments where I was, looking at the stage and there was like a sort of haze above the crowd and the lights. Mm -hmm. And it had a very dreamlike impressionistic, beautiful look. Then of course, seeing them at the Capitol theater was just. Sure. (laughs) That was such a trip. Oh my God. It was (laughs) amazing. I don't know those two shows back to back. Yeah. I, why did I bring that up in particular? Oh, well, one thing I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Well, I guess the point I brought it up was just like the richness of memory and Olympia and time, the movement of time and blackberries, all these, all this stuff. It's all feeding into this kind of impressionistic uh, experience I'm having here. But one thing that was kind of cool is uh, that, you know, Toby's uh, Bikini Kills Rickenbacker got stolen. in uh, Yes. And I've heard that the FBI is involved. Did you hear that? No. (laughs) the art crimes division of the FBI has been oh because it's enough of a historical <laughs> guitar. So that's, that, that, that alone I thought was pretty cool. But that's incredible. Um, another thing that I thought was really cool is that, you know, I noticed on stage they were playing a, uh, Rickenbacker guitar.
3: Yeah. 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 There's, it seems and, pretty popular. I mean, it's always been popular, but do you know yeah, who's
0: Rickenbacker guitar? That is that they're um, playing now your um, old Rickenbacker.
3: What? that's mine you sold it
0: to richard from verses
3: i bought it from richard from or, or Versus. No, okay so will brownstein and i sold it i sold it back to him because i couldn't pay sold, my rent
0: okay you sold it back to him because you couldn't pay your rent yeah and then carry brownstein bought it from him
3: that's right i know and, and carry
0: like, gave it to bikini kill for this tour good. to replace their stolen one
3: wonderful so that is i'm i am um <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I yeah i guess i'm honored in some way but it's yeah that's an amazing guitar i love that guitar and yeah that's that's the only thing i i regret um about any material thing that i let go of me of, of uh from my hands is, is that guitar
0: well you know you might want to talk to toby if they get theirs back
3: but it still belongs to carry right i don't know well <laughs> if it, if it's possible I'll be happy to buy that back, um, and you know, if, if that guitar comes back, if there, if if, there, if anything like that could happen, that will be. Let's a put dream. it back. Let's that'll put it this way. It's still a true. It's still yes, a- yes, a- and 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 at this stage, I um my regret has uh, has lessened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think at the time, like I was like kind of like testing my resolve of just like letting things go, mm-hmm. you know, like and and so you know, in, in a sense, it's like that is you know, I think to me, like that was more important than whatever misgivings i have about letting it go oh. so in that sense i think it's it's perfectly fine if it uh, continues to play in the stages across uh across the world yeah isn't that so cool i'm happy i'm happy for that guitar <laughs> it's, yeah it's been places <laughs> it sounded great
0: <laughs> mm. sounded real good yeah those shows amazing capital theater another great venue and right now there's a um olympia i don't know who's doing it exactly well there's I met a woman who I believe she's a librarian, friend of Toby's. I, I can't recall her name right now, but I will. But she's she's spearheading a oral history Olympia oral history project that has the mezzanine of the Capitol Theater is um, full of flyer walls and oh, cool. remembrance kind of you know, note or uh, what do you call them, you know, bulletin boards that people are adding stories to and stuff like that. And I hmm. believe I heard that the City of Olympia is doing some kind of a well no, Toby mm-hmm. mentioned it from stage actually at the Capitol Theater. That the City of Olympia is doing some kind of a music history project. And she pointed out that people should yeah. <laughs> complain about the fact that like now the now the city's you know all into it like this historical yeah. meaning of Olympia even though they like worked so hard to shut down like, the <laughs> yeah all no kidding
3: because <laughs> all those times that cost game and, and yeah exactly
0: yeah, fighting it all the way and then 20 years goes by and it's like hey look at this amazing scene we have aren't we cool and it's like <laughs> right. yeah in spite of you <laughs> so, so not because of you
3: yeah <laughs> that's yeah. a good point they told me the Toby the from stage it's awesome yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like And by the way, you know, Thekla got closed down because of the city of Olympia. Yeah. And there's no all-ages venue now in
3: town, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Exactly. you got to leave it to the kids there. Yeah. Classic. Seriously. Yeah.
0: Do you have any plans to come to Olympia anytime soon?
3: Yeah. Um, not this year, but yeah, next year i got to make it. I've got to come out. I really missed it. Um, I, I came, I went there, uh, I guess, last year and I uh, really... Uh, was missing it this year so I gotta maybe at least um every other year if not um you know every year uh, that, I, I feel like it's it's an important part of my my makeup and um and I, I get a lot from uh from being there and seeing my seeing old friends and also I think it's just even being just being in that environment for all the things that you mentioned like blackberries and and, and just the space and you know, and the memories too, right? Like oh, all yeah. these things, yeah, I, yeah, really revives me. And also, it's just like I mean, just a confirming um, how important it is. Um, just it's like still very much alive in me. Oh yeah, um, you, know, this, I, I think, um, you know, I think, you know, I recall that you know, I, I felt I never felt more like a New Yorker than when I lived in Olympia, <laughs> and yet, um, when I left Olympia. I brought. I realized I brought back so much about how I saw the world yeah. from from my experience there, and so you know, if, even though you know I've been here you know twenty years, it's uh, back in New York twenty years. And um, you know, like New York, you know, I, you know, Olympia still walks with me. You know, mm-hmm. so many things that I do, and, and a lot of the values that I you know I live by has, was, for, was formed there, and oh yeah, you know, was influenced by the people I met there so yeah it's a, yeah, well, it's a, constant, it's a cost, constant companion right
0: yeah who do you stay with do you stay with lois when you're here
3: yeah stay with lois i saw lois and... at the
0: um downtown when i was the other weekend when uh morgan and the organ donors and girl trouble were playing at the Summerfest oh, downtown that's... on the street in front of uh, the capitol theater and i saw lois that was so cool mm-hmm. i can't wait yeah. to. We, I broached the subject of, of having her on the pod. Um, she seemed she didn't say no, so the, <laughs> I'm hoping that's going to happen.
3: I hope she'll do it for you.
0: Oh God, that'd be so yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But yeah,
3: but uh, but I but I respect that anyone's kind of like you know, like I mean, yeah. These are I mean these are stories, but it's no one's. It's not anyone's responsibility to have it. Oh no, exposed. You know, or it's like there's. I mean, and I love that about um about uh this milieu as well the um the the deeply personal um you know like safekeeping of things and the difference between how when things are um kind of exposed into the air versus things that are kind of kept close Mm -hmm. um and you know, there's benefits to both, but the, um, yeah, I mean, especially because there's such kind of like normalization of, um, you know, just like telling everybody how you're feeling
1: and yeah. you
3: know, what you're doing and what you ate, et cetera. And, you mean with social you know, media and stuff, social media, yeah. exactly. And, um, and, you know, and exercising and practicing the opposite of that, um, and just cultivating this inner life, which is essentially your private life. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've been really drawn to the private life lately. Um, I guess with this intimate family situation and just um, my program of being very grounded in um, reality, exactly as it is just like, like uh, my mantra lately has just been, Total acceptance of reality exactly as it is. That's what I keep saying to myself, you know, when you're dealing with like feeding tubes and, yeah. and, and you know, uh, seeing a loved one laid low, you know, and going yeah. to these places that are oftentimes very unpleasant, um, with yeah. different places he's been in yeah. and doing different tasks that can be uh, challenging. And I'll just yeah. say, total acceptance of reality exactly yeah. as it is. I'll go to yeah. Walmart with my mom and I'm like, total acceptance of reality. <laughs> exactly (laughs) as it is
3: yeah and 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 with everything in reality everything will pass totally you know just just whereas whereas our when we're like you know um like hijacked by our imaginations and um and our um kind of the stories that we tell um, you know that has a propensity to stay forever go on and on it'll never leave no end to it yeah there's no end but um but but there's there's one thing about reality like facing it is that um yeah because it, you know, reality—the the nature of this reality—and the way you know, the way you describe it of like facing it and and, yeah. and seeing it for what it is—is that that nature is that this thing will pass and another thing will take its place. Right. On and on and on. Yeah,
0: and and be, being so so uh, focused on this perspective, and being um, you know, just—I mean, I'm drinking coffee, but that's like the only sort of mind altering substance that I'm using of any kind. Mm-hmm. And I um and I found that I've just I'm so resistant to social media and I've been just sort of pushing it off and and having no interest in it and 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 finding myself like looking at it and going I don't like this act, you know, what is it? And it occurred to me the other day, I was listening to a podcast with the author of this, um, I think his name is something Fisher, Stephen Fisher or something. He just wrote a book that is coming out right now, or just came out in the last few days called the chaos machine about Mm -hmm. social media and what it does to our brains. Like that, it actually rewires us, you know, our brains. And um, he talked all about, you know, its effects on society, on people, on our psyches and, and, and the podcast host, Rich Roll, was asking him, you know, if you had to, it was a two-hour conversation, and he said, you know, if you had to have, what would you boil this down to if there was one message you wanna get across yeah. in this book? And he said, the one thing I wanna get across is that social media is a drug, just right. like any drug. It affects your brain the same way. It's, and if, if there were any other drug that like one-third of all humanity was using 15 times a day, at least on average, you know, it'd be the biggest health crisis in the history of humanity, you know? Right. And, and so the fact that we don't think of it that way, you know, it's, but it should be thought of as that way because that is what it does on a mental level. And I thought, well, that's interesting that I'm in this very, uh, you know, straight signal place and mm-hmm. I'm so drawn to not engage with social media. But, you know, like he points that the well, like this guy pointed out in this book, or in his, this conversation, he was saying, you know, but social media, it's kind of like eating, you know, if you have an eating disorder, you still have to eat. You can't just abstain from food. Right. You know, um, it's a fact. And he was kind of saying like, you know, if you want to engage in this world and, and, uh, participate and communicate and have a business or promote yourself in any way, uh, communicate, you know, you kind of have to use social media. Sure. It's hard yeah. not to, it's real hard. Yeah. You have to, yeah be this very conscious of it. I don't know. It was just a very interesting conversation and I thought it was interesting that, uh, like, the way he put
3: Yeah, it. that you, you're actually, you, like, kind of naturally um, had I this reaction as, as you were actually included. just like, yeah, yeah, like, you're actually, you could, you recognize it as another thing that was gonna, that was uh, basically gonna affect your mind, like, hijack your mind, right? Because, like, you're seeing it with clarity um, now because, like, um, you're kind of purposefully uh, taking a break or uh yeah from um uh, you know for like you know yeah just like uh having your mind altered voluntarily you know and but the thing is it's it's a it's it's to me it's also a you know social media is also a just like a, a natural ex- uh, expression of the society right because it's like your state that you're in now you're the you're the anomaly right like you're the one <laughs> you're the one who's not normal Jason. Right you mean not being
0: socially social media oriented
3: well no no just like being more like just like mm. who is not who's who is actually awake Mm. and seeing things with clarity and um and kind of like examining things for what they are like you said like acceptance of reality right because it's like you know in a way it's like you know from what i understand is like you know part of like your reason for like um uh taking a break from some of these substances is to help you see reality you know and and deal with it is that, is that correct you say?
0: yeah i mean again reality quote unquote um you know all these th- reality is what it is i mean whether but but yeah in terms of just the the thing that's pre- presented in front of me just to take it um we're really what the program in my mind that i'm on right now is about not seeking Escape from the uncomfortable. Yeah feeling and then looking at the uncomfortable feeling like whatever yeah. it is the most Right, then right. You just are more attuned to the subtle uh, thing, you know, like I talked about yeah. in one of the podcasts this idea of shenpa this t- 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 Tibetan Buddhist term for the hook that mm-hmm. draws you to that uh, relief you know the thing that goes. Yes. Yes. Oh, I feel squirmy. I just want to get away from it. Yeah. And instead, what I've been doing is really just going like, "Ooh, I feel squirmy. Let's look at the squirmy thing." You know. Yes. Let's yes. just sit with it, look at it, yes, and and just face it and see what see what that's about. And it's just you know more than anything, I'm just like, well, this is interesting. And also, I've, I've seen that in my life. You know, I've often preferred to live in the mind in the fantasy um Mm -hmm. and to find you know like everybody is faced with frustrations you know we're faced Mm -hmm. with these frustrations and then the answer to the frustration is to seek satisfaction right and then you seek satisfaction by engaging with the world because only other people can satisfy your frustration Your unless you come up with um uh, fantasies that satisfy them to some mm-hmm. degree. Right. And I've always kind of, I think, well, I can't say always, but or, or often, or generally speaking, um, gone towards the fantasy or the internal satisfaction. I, I, I am often pained by that feeling that is very common, <laughs> yeah. which is the one about like, uh, you know, if I, if I had known then what I know now, what would I have <laughs> done? You know what I mean? I would have just been so free, just enjoyed myself so much more.
3: I wonder though, I, I I don't know about that. I think well, that. I don't believe that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, saying yeah.
0: That's the story, you know?
3: Sure. Sure. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah, right. But, but that, but that feeling of, um, you know, you know, whatever it is inside of us that basically just like set, you know, tells us like, yeah, you know, I got these, you know, plant, you know, I got this amazing painting I'm going to make and song I'm going to do. And, you know, this band I'm going to do or whatever it's like, but, you know, of, of course, like it's a, it's a trope that if you don't, do them but it's still in in your story then you'll never be proven wrong <laughs> right right and so therefore that is a comfort that is right. you know you feel the and you know there's that sense of like uh, i don't, I don't I, i'm probably I, I probably misheard a um a false data so this is probably like bad science but it's, it's ways, i think this is true that like by by talking about it, it something in our brains like fulfills the, the um the uh, this this sort of gives us the satisfaction of as 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 if like we had already done it, you know, like oh, yeah. say, saying that like um, I'm gonna write this screenplay is almost like there's something in our brain that sort of gives us this feeling that's like oh yeah, thought about it, did didn't really you know sit down and write it, but like thought about it, yeah, and sort of checked that off my list, but if, and then that you know that depletes you of the drive and and then and and step and the uh, and you know and the sense of like stepping into reality where, yeah, you have have to make a choice, you know, make a decision to, yeah, let's do it. Let's make a really terrible screenplay. Right. You know, see, see what happens, see it, you know, know, find the resting place of the screenplay and, and, and in order to basically, you know, again, with the other thing that I was talking about earlier about like, like like pushing through the, the parts where you're being self-critical and you want to stop is that like by going through the, that hard part and just like seeing it through there's a lot. I mean, the product may not stand up on its own for what you intended to be, but, but it is, there's a, I mean, I found that here is a situation which you could actually um, it reveals to you what is actually real because all the things that you are, you, that was uh, the point of your self-criticism and, um, and saying that, you know, this is the reason why it doesn't work. If you kept, if you keep going, and and you and that's still that those parts are still there, you real I realize that that's actually me, right? That's that's my authentic me. That is my yeah. style. This, if I just own up to this thing, no one else can do this because, like, I'm the one who pushed through and found this. Like as opposed to going in this other direction, and like um, you know what's trendy, or you know, oh, you know, like let's do it like he does it, or you know, whatever, or like all this. There's there's another path to right. release, and then but there's another path of 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 pushing through the hard parts to basically see what you have brought back from this journey, right? And a lot and and all the things that were the reason why you should have stopped and like thrown this thing away. Is the thing that is actually <laughs> revealed to be the thing that that is comes naturally from you, and that's the right. like, really the only the authentic part of this whole process. Yeah, and so it's like it's a it's basically like a treasure. So like you know, and then the more that you do it, that becomes the thing that you're now no longer see as like a, a lodestone or something that to, that needs to be excised. You know, this is the thing that you want to cultivate and like constantly, like you know, own and like show yeah. off and basically shine and. Um, you know and even and refine and and get it to a point where it's like yeah this is this is me it's like this is not as good as somebody else this is actually the best of me right and it's only going to get better because like i own this yeah. and that type of kind of like being able to like sort of sense like the feeling of like um do anything like decision making creativity you know you know, i think we're all, for me like i'm always looking for for this the this, my idea of relief and um sense of comfort and peace is that i could rely on myself to do that you know rather than kind of like measure like like measuring it like is this you know will this make somebody else happy or will this uh, impress somebody else yeah. or is does this is does this look as good as somebody i admire you know, all these things are kind of there, but they can't be the primary thing. And no. like my obsession with all those parts, it was what was really like kind of making me so unhappy in my creative field, creative work. And now I take, you know, like I'm kind of relishing in, in that process. And, and then the more that you, I become familiar with it, it just becomes part of the pattern, part of the practice. You know, you start right. and here comes, here comes the discomfort, push through, you know, uh, I made crap, like, you know like don't look at it see what happens and then start over and then yeah yeah and then and then along the way like you know whatever good things that you find is are you will be you, the good things is will be thing the thing that is actually um the truest part of you it's mm-hmm. like a true version well it also you
0: know when i say total acceptance of reality exactly as it is yeah that's also of course total acceptance of self exactly as self is because yeah. reality and self are one thing.
2: Yeah. You
0: know, there's no separation between the two. It's not like reality is out there and I'm over here, you know, looking at it. It's like, no reality is like both a projection of me and it is a reflection of me. And I don't yeah. even really exist except as this reality. I, I, uh, my experience around me. You know, this
3: yeah. Is- and, and, and being able to rest right. in the imperfection too. Yeah, right. Yeah, Like just, that, just that, acceptance. that is, this what, is, what, is what it amazing- is. What an amazing comfort that is to, you know, I mean, I think both of us like coming from our upbringing or whatever, or like our, you know, stages in our lives where we were so self-critical and, um, and just like, like esteem issues and just like judging ourselves and, and constraining ourselves, like the the ease that I finally feel in which like, oh yeah, all this imperfections, all these things that I'm limited in. Yeah. These are things that it's, it's perfectly fine. This is, yeah. In spite of this, I'm still happy, <laughs> and or because of it, yeah, and, and because of it, yeah, yeah. because like I, because this like I I see that it's not something that I ever have to get rid of, but it is something to kind of like, yeah, it's like you don't even have to celebrate it. It's just like yeah. it's just a part of me, and acceptance, I'm okay, you know, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm reading this book that I've I'm rereading it actually, um, by Adam Phillips, the British. He's a psychoanalyst who worked with children. Um, to begin with. Mm-hmm. And he has written a ton of books, but he wrote this one book called Missing Out in Praise of the Unlived Life. No matter what your situation is, y- you know, we all have this idea that there was this other life you could have lived. Yeah. Um, and so, but it's not a subject that you see picked apart or really examined in <laughs> depth very often, even though right. it's like really kind of is who we are. Like we're as much the lives we absolutely yeah as as we are the life we did and so it's been really cool to read it in the morning I'll just sit with a notebook yeah and I'll read because a lot of it's you know it's the kind of book you read and you go what is he saying Uh, what he's talking about King Lear and Cordelia and I don't know what this play and I don't you know I can't pretend to know the references he's making but you know every 20 sentences there'll be like two or three that I just go oh man that's so good you know
3: yeah yeah, i things, love books like that yeah right. I, i'm i'm the same way um that and also with um some you know uh meditation podcasts and kind of lectures and things like that i i definitely um yeah if it's something that it strikes me i i definitely take you know, second and third looks, and kind of take notes and try to really kind of absorb it and integrate it into to my uh, my thinking. And and also that's also an acceptance that it's like it doesn't just penetrate. You know, like I want right. to I want to make it mine. Like and yeah. so therefore, and and, and that kind of follows in kind of like realizing how much decision making you have to do, and not take not just because you know these things doesn't don't just come. Just because you read it or see it, it doesn't become a part of you. So many things, I mean, it's not that that's not the nature of our of our experience. Like so many things are forgotten, you know? Of course, oh, like yeah. how many ideas do we have like in that hypnagogic state? And like you never write it down and it's like, you know, it's like you didn't make that decision to write it down and it's it's gone forever. Yeah. And, you know, and so it's like always that, it, and, and similar to like, you know, like deciding to draw, deciding to keep going. when things are bad it's like these are all decisions that is that you are making right you know to see what's going to happen yeah and realizing that it's like it's i think that's like one of the the many things like i you know um you know like in my in the past i I thought that you could just go through life and you know if you kind of you know sort of like kind of like got this um this uh, the surface meanings of things you sort of got it, but um, no, there's actual work. And yeah. I mean, I feel <laughs> it's so obvious, but but um, it's almost like I was never taught that. And I didn't discover it until later, you know. It's yeah. like all these other ways were working.
0: Yeah, until it becomes yours, you know, what, like things that you learn, or yeah. then they're not. They're just yeah, passing. Yeah. Ideas. I was, I was listening to a, or an interview with Adam Phillips, this author I'm talking about Mm -hmm. with some other guy and they were talking about quotes and he was saying, you know, I, the, the interviewer was saying like, you know, I, I give out these quotes and people often have the idea that I have like 50 quotes on hand. He's like, you heard my six quotes. You know, it yeah. implies that I have sixty, but it, those are the six I know. You know, yeah. because those are the six that really matter to me. And yeah. most people are like that. You know, I'm I'm yeah, like that yeah. for sure. But I'm, you know, sure. I don't have like some wealth of things, but the things that I I truly have taken in and, and digested, it's like they are mine. You
3: know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because like you see, you've seen it from the front, the back, the sides. You know. Yeah. You know, you've you know, you know all the all, you know all the angles, and I gotta say, like that, you know, that um, the idea of like. The joy of missing out, like seeing that there's the, the converse of all the choices you made, but 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 your present state is also the accumulation of all the things that you we didn't do.
0: Oh, of course, yeah. You know, I and mean, especially and the
3: fact that I'm alive.
0: You know, what I mean, often, yeah. I mean, and the most basic thing you can say to redeem that idea of. Yeah, uh, uh, lost potential or whatever is the fact that you survived, you know, and you go, well, if I had gone on that tour, I might've gotten a van accident and killed, you know? Yeah. So, you know, that kind of thing, but that's like the most basic kind of, you know, redemption of it. Right, is saying, right, right, right. Well, yeah. Uh, I got through it. I survived in some way. Cause you know, it's not to say like the people who didn't survive blew it or whatever, but um you know. right,
3: right, but but this but this, this um, yeah, the so stories look, yeah, like the have was... have such a weight in our in right. our in our mental world and and the other weight that we have is like the the pull of this of the potential future right. that we have uh you know like embedded with so much importance, right, right. it's like yeah. you know like when nothing yeah. has happened in your when you're young, you know, like basically you could just like you know all you can do is like fantasize about like like you know all the great things that could happen and right. the amazing things that you'll achieve. And, and, you know, and we just kind of like, all we can kind of like, after a while, all we see is like the, just like the, 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 the this bright spotlight of yeah. that mm-hmm. and not the, not basically kind of like stepping back and seeing like, you know, what is required to actually do those things and yeah. real, and also the admittance that like, in order to do these things, you can't do these other things. Right. Yeah. You can't you know? do it all. You can't do it all. Yeah, And, um and you know that's like this is another aspect of you know um multitasking you know mm-hmm. it's like that's like a grand like multitasking on a grand scale like you know we multitask like think like we you know we could you know like i don't know like write email and um while listening to a podcast and i don't know whatever like yeah. all these multiple things but but of course like you know the reality is that we're like our brain is just constantly switching back and forth on <laughs> one thing yeah. in this in this until it's just like i you know, our our brain gets fried and, you know, and also, you know, it results in this, you know, discomfort and like lack of satisfaction. And so, you know, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like that. The, I think part of growing up is kind of like paying attention to and developing your own strategy, testing it, testing it out and seeing what works Yeah, and getting better and like, and test it out. It's like, what is, you know, in order to do this, like, what do I need to do? And A, like, basically, I'm not, like, basically, just like, if I'm going to think, I'm just going to think, you know, just like, how long ever, how long it, ever it takes, it's like, I'm just going to devote what it takes. That's how long it takes. Right. You know, and the others, you know, this is going to be other stories of like, oh, I was like, got too many things to do. Oh, oh, woe is me. These are stories that's going to, definitely going to come up, but, you know, make a decision. Like, you know, you know, you want to get, hit, you know, taken away by those feelings yeah. which are also often very delicious because it feels like it has a sense of righteousness about it and then or do you want to uh you know just like this is real like what's real i need to just in order to do this i need to be in this state yeah you know i can't force it right you know it's like for me like in order to like before i got um, you know I had a very uh, like frantic day today and you know, before I got into this podcast like I'm not going to just jump in I'm not, I'm not that's multitasking I'm gonna take five minutes and just like you know be quiet and yeah center myself and like and remind myself like oh what a joy it is to be talking to my friend Jason and what a great opportunity this is and you know all the rest and yeah it's and I you know I'm, I'm, I'm a different person I'm a different person talking than I was like within, you know, minutes before yes. I got on, you know?
2: Yeah,
0: you've switched channels. Yeah. yeah. I did the same thing before Before we started. I just sat, mm-hmm. meditated. This is a fun thing to do. Yeah, I'm yeah. stressed
3: about this. I'm not, you know. And going yeah. back, I feel like that's, like, I mean, how much. Joy. Could, how much could we have been p- more present? Even though we did so much and we had so much fun, like, in our, you know, when we were in our, you know, 20s and 30s in Olympia, like like if we had that kind of self-awareness and um because i feel like some of the you know the you know some regrettable behaviors or attitudes or like um you know both outward and inward um it, it, you know in my younger days like those it sort of came from this assumption that i didn't need anything more than who i was you know, but I real, and but my the lesson <laughs> that I learned is that like, yes, this is me. This is uh, all I am. But so much can be improved by um, training and learning, testing. Other people, other people. Yeah. Um. These are all things that you know. You basically you. I mean, you don't have at all. You don't right. have all the tools. Right. You have to acquire them and be open to them and basically also just be humble and have a sense of humility and, and, and really truly think of yourself as a student. I don't know anything, you know, right. and that's actually um this freedom that I have about, you know, I'm pursuing my, you know, I've always wa- loved painting. And at, at one point in my life I thought like, Oh, I know how to paint, you know? Yeah. yeah it's good enough. But like, but mostly it was just like, of style and flourish you know and but now i realize like no that's not really me i don't really like like i'm just gonna say it to myself like i don't know how to paint that's that's i don't know how to do it that goes exactly
0: back to this thing uh, i was talking about this fallow period quote unquote where i'm sitting there like just uh, that's exactly what i've been thinking to myself is like no you could see this as like oh god i'm having this dry spell it's like no this is one of those moments where you get to have that conversation you're just you're talking about and go well, let's see about um just being open to not being well, what do you like, call like it? smoothly flow out yeah, like know, it's just like, yeah. this flowing thing, and I just know what I'm doing because I have this style and I just keep cranking out stuff in it. It's like, no, this is a chance to do something new, different,
3: yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah you Students mind, don't. beginner's mind exactly you do not have to to prove yourself to anybody no one said that you're a superstar in this in this in this way you're actually like a beginner and like and what i've done is that like oh i just need to learn how to mix colors yeah so i just been for weeks like i just been dealing just like a limited palette just like mastering and just owning these colors right and then the next thing i do is like uh okay i'm just gonna uh, like you know the style that i like to paint is like i like to draw figures but i don't like outlines and filling it in i like to just like you know, just like form the masses and, and the bodies, you know, like free with the paint. Like, so I'm just going to, you know, do that. And it's going to look crappy, but like, this is, I'm just going to learn how to do this. And, you know, lo and behold, just by doing it over and over and over, like all the (laughs) things, well, you know, it's like all the crappiness is basically my own. And, um, you know, like ambition can wait. I'm right now just enjoying and just being present and like grateful for the opportunity to uh, just to, just to play, you know, and just like, and accumulate just like little bits of, you know, experience and knowledge with the, with the, um, you know, with the faith that, you know, these are all going to form into something and and it's not my uh, intentional mind that is going to direct it. You know, it's always going to be a little bit of that intention that's going to go pointed in one direction, but a lot of it is going to be intuition, just feeling and openness, chance, accidents, the things that you thought was a mistake, letting it, like letting it live, you know, all these things. It's like this, you know, we, uh, I think, yeah, part, I think that in, in some ways, like, um, you know, some of the, the things that like I'm gladly leaving behind is, um, my reliance on intention and my kind of like this conscious mind um my my complete dependency on yeah basically my this kind of like false sense of my myself as this figure with his stories and all these you know qualifications that you know, I guess like, you know, I guess that's, it's natural, you know, we're all looking for identities. So we kind of like glom it on from the things yeah. that we see and, and wish and, and it's sort of like through wishful fulfillments that we can maybe will be that way. Right. But then the second stage of my life is basically realizing, Oh yeah, I've been carrying a lot of, a lot of uh, other people's ideas about themselves and trying to, you know, put it on, on myself and, you know, hoping to fool everybody. Yeah. and then you know now i'm just kind of like yeah it's like a lot of you know like like see what see what's in there see, see you know see what i what i do naturally
0: speaking of what you were just speaking about that's something yeah. i've been feeling a lot uh lately in my life the sense of like the fixed sense of self is much reduced. It's I'm so much more fluid and transparent. And, you know, often I look at myself and I go, what are we even talking about when I talk about myself, you know, like this identifying with the broader reality and going, well, I'm just this thing experiencing this. And of course in meditation, you know, uh, the -hmm. silent witness behind the chatter, Mm -hmm. that's my actual nature is this eternal, undying state of pure awareness, you know? So (laughs) once you, you know, once you, you really embody that, it's like, well, then this thing, this conversation going on that I, myself quote unquote, you know, you can just sort of approach it with more curiosity and not
3: this. uh, Right. But, but, but also like we do have to live also in, on the surface world, like in front of that. Right. So, but, but what, I mean, for me, you know, it's sort of like uh, social media, the way you described it, in the sense that, like, in order to, to interface with, whatever the public, this world, material world, like, it's important. It's good to have a compass, you know, because even though it's not, there's more to it, right? Like that you just described, there's more to it than, than um, my position and my my form in this world, my job, my you know relationships the decisions I make and what makes me happy and what gives me satisfaction is to kind of also be aware of like, what are my values? Right. Like, and as long as like, kind of like, I sort of think about that and I kind of keep that in mind and use that as a way to kind of make my decisions, then I could stand stand behind it. Like, for example, like my values would be like to be, to be true to myself and, in um, in, uh, in creativity, to be kind, um, uh, to I mean, those are basically it. And to be of use, to be of service, you know, these are important things. And and it's not and it's not a measure of where in which, like, if I I fail or I succeed, it's that it's more that like, oh, well, these are the things are that are important light. to me. Yeah, Yeah, and then and when yeah, and whenever I like stories come up, and I'm like kind of like I'm you know like pissed off, and I'm kind of like blaming you know some external thing for having inconvenienced me or all these things or like or I'm I have this attitude about something else, you know because of emotional um, you know uh, echoes from the past or whatever it's like things that come up. It's like you know it's like those are always like the best opportunities to remember. It's like like who am I? Am I yeah, I'm also, I am this person who's like temporarily like been hijacked by this idea that like I'm completely mad at this person. But, but that's not who I really am. Who I really am is like, I will actually, I'm, I, I can forgive and I could also see their point of view and it's doesn't matter that much, you know? And even disagreements, in spite of disagreements, we could still get along, you know? So it's just. Yeah. It's such more, such a wider and flexible and re- more just relaxed. I think it's just kind of like, it's more like just like being able to be relaxed enough that like you don't think of these um, kind of like, yeah, these like um, stories and uh, kind of, you know, like narratives that, that frame our, our, our perceived to be as permanent and, and as substantive and as real yeah. as they appear to be. Yeah. You know, just by looking at it for what it is, they just kind of
0: disappear. Yeah, that perspective I was talking about, about the, uh, you know, our true nature being pure awareness, you know, as opposed to consciousness, where, you know, in consciousness, we're conscious of something. It's you being conscious of something. Um, In pure awareness, there is no separation it's all it's can't even be aware of itself because it's and and then the idea that like of course you you know like you were saying we have to reside in the world you know in the dream is is where we live this is the field of action right Uh but like the perspective that that true understanding of our true nature the eternal deathless pure awareness (laughs) It's just the thing that allows you to have the lightness you're talking about, you know, and to not, you know, not identify, like the stories are happening and you tell the stories and you see the stories and you live in a story, but like you don't identify with that story as the be all end all fixed thing, you know, that that is the full (laughs) Monty and there's nothing beyond it. Um, Yeah, you're, you're seeing it as though like lucid dreaming i think about which is another thing i've been having intense lucid dreaming experience really? particularly like a month ago it was pretty much a nightly well actually more wow. it's more than night nightly morningly uh event for me my dreams have been kicking off like crazy um wow. but, and so the lucid dreaming thing you go it's the same kind of concept in this world i'm i'm like you know when you're dreaming at night Everything's so convincing. You know, there's you, there's the cup, there's the space between you and the cup, there's the mountain in the distance. Those in are all, yeah, mm-hmm. in the dream. And they're all very convincing. You know, the space between you and an object in a dream sure, or another sure. person yeah. and that, and the time that goes by right. in the dream is all in, utterly convincing. You're in the dream. But to the dreamer, it's all the one sleeping in bed, you know, having this dream. Yes, yes. It's when you wake up, you realize all those things were made of the exact same material, the dream, you know? Yeah. So like, and that's what I see uh, our waking reality as that this, uh, what we call, you know, waking reality. It's the same thing. It's like, it's all incredibly convincing, you know, the, it's not, you know, to the dreamer that, pu- that field of pure awareness that I see as my true nature, our true nature, yeah. the true nature behind this, that is the only thing that does not change. I go, okay, it's all made of the same stuff. The space between us, the space between, you know, me and an object, it's all made of this same material. Dream consciousness, I guess you'd mm-hmm. call it in in mm-hmm. in our in our situation, the dream.
3: Yeah. 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 And, and that's, and yeah, you're right. And that is the source of lightness, you know, and that's, yeah. that's so freeing. It's the only and refuge
0: I can find in life.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that it's, you know, this type of um, esoteric subject, I think it's, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I feel for the people I feel it for, is, because it is a very difficult thing to um, grasp and um, and I do wonder about like, its place in the material world, you know? Because well, it's, it's not felt helpful. It,
0: I mean, in, in the sense of like, it doesn't make you a more productive person.
3: No, to but have that then perspective. Also, yeah. And also, it's, you know, be- between us, I, you know, we have an understanding, and I definitely have experienced just like, you know, just momentary glimpses of something, like maybe just a fraction of that. But I do understand what you're saying, you know? And well, not, not, I, I actually, is, correct me. Right. So it's like, I wouldn't, it's not. I know, like I felt it, I've been there, you know? And, but, but, if, but us talking about it is, or it was immediately just like, it's not, of course, what it is, is it's beyond words. So it's like, right. it's almost like, you know, yeah, yes, you pointed to it. I, I see where you're pointing to, but in truth it's silence. Right? Yes, it's, of it's, course. That with that type of, with that understanding, the way in which it can really um, have a service in the material world, I think is in can be manifested in generosity and patience, right? Because it's like by describing it, we are we're not trying to convince anybody. No. You know, it's like we can't, it's impossible. It cannot be done. It's but that you know something, you're rested, you're resting in that awareness while you know people closest to you may be suffering from Their own dreams and their own stories, you know, obviously, and but it's okay. It's like you know, and it's not like, like you know, rather you know, hopefully you know, it doesn't manifest in in being condescending, you know, it's, it manifests in just like yes, yes, this this too is a manifestation, like your suffering, your anger, oh, maybe directed yeah. towards me. That is that's that's another manifestation of yeah. this, and and it's okay because. You know as, as with this like there is this and then there's also that you know and it's like and and the fact that there is the that yeah is so it's, it's like gives you know it's like ideal yeah i think that hopefully that will um show itself in um in positive interactions with uh you know with yeah. our loved ones in the community you know to say like it's all a dream well a dream
0: is a real dream. Like when you're in a dream, it's real, you know, and, and this is real, you know, just like you'd say an illusion is real. It's just an illusion by its definition is not what it appears to be. It appears to be one thing, but it's in reality something else. And that's all I, you know, that's all I'm really talking about. Yeah. Um, And, and that's, you know, that doesn't conflict or, uh, diminish anything about, uh, about reality. You know, it doesn't make it, there's a truth behind it that, uh, is actually quite nice.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's nice. Yeah. I mean, in
0: this world where every single thing that can be perceived is moving between birth and death in constant motion and it's never stops moving. It's nice to realize, think of the thing that does not change, that does not die, that, that is beyond that, like a nice refuge, you know, to consider that (laughs) you talked about once with, when we're talking about meditation, about, uh, Seeing, seeing these things as doors, you're opening. You open this door. Oh, there's that behind it. You open that door. There's that behind it. You open this door. Oh, it's silence. There's nothing behind it.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, and it, but it, but even you open that door and it, it is silence. It's it's uh, it, uh, the, the aspect of it is that it's completely impermanent, and it's, it's such a privilege to kind of like have felt that, and it's and it's very useful to kind of like kind of like i use it use i use it as a kind of reminder of that like of this kind of I, because it's a body feeling you know it's like this it's like it's like it's to me it's 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 incredible how like the thing you sort of fall back in your mind and suddenly it's just like my my body feels different and immediately i want to kind of like talk about talk to myself about what it feels like but once you do that, you're kind of like, oh, so I keep I, like me talking and then you try to go back to that door. But it's like, but in, you know, but after, after that, it's like, yeah, continuing to, um, to practice meditation, it's like, it is like, it's always the same. It's like, yeah, it's just like thoughts, a door, you know, another thought, a door, um, sensations, feelings, sounds, door, 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 door. And then maybe another door is the thing that's just ah, momentary, momentary <laughs> silence.
0: Yeah, I got to meditate more today. I want to do another session. It's been absolutely a joy to speak with you, Tay. You know, I love you.
3: Support, Jason. Yes, I do. I feel it.
0: <laughs> love coming. Love, love coming. Love coming. Love you coming on the pod. And I know everybody loves hearing from you. So we're back, baby. Um, The book, I will have links to it. The Imaginarium installment of the Antiquarian Sticker Book. Uh, um, so far, it's a trilogy. Hope there'll be many more. Like you said earlier, at the top of the at the top of the pod, um, you're cracking up a little. So maybe the internet is telling us it's over too. But um, the uh, the um, uh, buy two of them: one to tear up and stick on walls, and the other to keep on your bedside for a dream prompt. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and we'll have links and you can, you'll see it it's it's a beautiful beautiful thing and you're a beautiful thank you. person thank you for being with me today tay
3: yeah, keep being who you are jason i can't stop uh, even if i want to <laughs> well just yeah well keep, please keep doing the podcast i i i look forward to uh, to more stories
0: you're gonna love the upcoming ones because it's all gonna be olympia people for a long time awesome great so, and they're gonna be super fun
3: um oh yeah. good you know I, I have a feeling that these are going to be the podcast where i'll be listening to it and i'll be like talking to it
0: <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> I can't laugh wait. you're gonna cry you're gonna start talking it's gonna be <laughs>
3: i'm gonna, gonna be write i rate letters to the editor <laughs> it's not <laughs> the way it happened i wasn't, it was there <laughs> <laughs> yeah all any right.
0: corrections you want to send my way do it <laughs> and i'm sure i'll be uh borrowing some photographs of yours to uh to post on uh, the social media drug
3: yes please do all Thank right
0: you have a
3: good okay. evening. You
1: too. Bye, Jason. All I can do is the best I can do And the best I can do is as good as it gets And as good as it gets is good enough Because it's the best I can do They say we'll go to sleep forever The death is coming for me and for you Not fun to think about it But we believe it's true It seems so crazy It always amazes me The shit life puts us through Repeat after me I'll repeat after you All I can do Is the best I can do And the best I can do is As good as it gets And as good as it gets is Good enough because It's the best I can do Didn't happen, that didn't come true All that that means is You've got some room to improve All I can do Is the best I can do And the best I can do Is as good as it gets And as good as it gets Is good enough because It's the best Forget the rest This is not a test. This is the best you can do.
2: Thank you. See you next week.